You know, she she was my lodestar, and and growing up in 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 suburban southeast London in the nineties, I, you know, her music really gave me permission to to be weird, um, and 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 she was you know she was a woman of the people, she was the people's queen, like the people's princess, but one better than that, and and now you know, I'm I'm struggling, boys, I am. It's true. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get each other through it, yeah. As- We've all lost the magic blood, Grandma. Yeah, that, we have. Uh, and her special yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pushed the um, it's pushed the like human instrumentality madness button for <laughs> everyone over a certain age in this country, mm. which is fun. Uh, yeah, hello. It is it's TF. Uh, coming to you live from uh the Situation Room. Uh, we're right. all wearing Life black. Live from Balmoral. Uh, yeah, we're all wearing black. <laughs> we're all wearing black. Like in the on the BBC, they wear like black ties. Whereas Riley's made us all wear like Bergheim black stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like we're all in like turtlenecks and like yeah, weird yeah, yeah. boots. I, I, I'm wearing a black tie, but it is made of PVC. Uh, yeah. I've I've been weeping openly for the last twelve to fourteen hours. Um, and the funniest thing about this, and you will be, I'm gonna let you look behind the curtain here. Normally Riley pulls back the curtain, but I'm gonna pull back the curtain. Um, you, you'll find this out later. Oh, she's on. there. But we we record. It's called the Prestige. We recorded uh, an episode, uh, a pre-recorded an episode that was originally going to come out in two weeks' time, where we were like, where we were like, ah, oh, the the first two weeks of, of Liz Truss's uh, prime ministership, nothing, nothing's happened. You know, yeah. In, interesting, all of the news, and then the fucking queen dies. Specifically to spite, I imagine, us and yes. maybe also Liz Truss. Yes, yeah. Well Liz Truss, Liz Truss did kill her, is the thing. Um mm. Oh yeah. Life lifelong uh uh, uh Republican. Uh she did what Guy Fox could not. Yeah, she was uh, lucky once. Uh you know, she she <laughs> just just incredible, incredible patience to wait until you assume like the the great office of state and then at that moment to to seize your chance and strike and kill a ninety six year old woman. Stone yeah. dead. Yeah, it's and it it could only. I mean, look, ninety six year olds don't just die, you know. No, no, no. Yeah. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely she, not. You know, she she looked so youthful. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, there is a, there is another possibility here, which is that the queen was like sticking it out long enough consciously to meet Liz Truss and then died to embarrass her, which is also very funny. Uh, yes. It, it's uh, but you imagine being Boris Johnson right now, right? Oh. You have. What you have done is you have missed by two days, for, like having to deal with an energy crisis that you kind of helped foment, and then also dealing with the queen dying. Yeah. Where it and you missed it by a whisper, and I'm, now you're you now you know what he has already arranged is two million pounds in speaking fees with J.P. Morgan. He's like I, the I, luckiest I'm, guy, like. In in like this country, he is the luckiest. That's dude. true. That's true. He's and the, the thing is though, um, we have we have lost out here because we so nearly by a matter of years, nearly had a, a a case where we had a state funeral of the longest living monarch in anyone's memory, uh, presided over by Boris Johnson and with guest of honor Donald Trump. We nearly <laughs> had that. In fact, in fact, if she had died a week earlier, we would have had the royal train leaving, carrying her body from Edinburgh down to London through the fringe and a bin strike. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great to see, like you know, like I don't know, I like the, the, the people doing catcher on the front of the royal train to move <laughs> all of the like fringe leaflets and handouts and like uh, takeaway boxes and stuff out of the way. Yeah, just just on the front of the cow catcher, just a big portrait, Milo Edwards voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm so, so glad she lived long enough to see voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe she gave it a three star review in the Scots. Oh, uh, that is a bit a bit harsh, but you know what? You know. <laughs> so, yes, it's true. Uh, it's Riley Hussein and Alice coming at you live for the. Uh, for the, uh, the 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 first uh, episode of uh, the reign of King Charles the Third, 
I mm, I really yeah. don't like that we're just saying the king or that we have a king yeah. now. Mm. I, I have I, I have views about this. Not only does it sound very weird, but like that really gets the fucking republicanism going. Like a queen, that's a you know that's an affectation. That's fine. No harm in that. Great band, for example. But, yeah, exactly. But a king, a king. This motherfucker thinks he's better than me because <laughs> of his special blood. No, no, we're not having that. Yeah. So he, he's not grandmotherly. At all? No, no, not at all. He did, he hasn't given me permission to be weird even once. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're we're gonna go through some of the uh, successions of normalities mm. uh, that have sort of cropped up during the day. Um, I I think like you know I, so this I, I want to put this out there though first, right? Like uh, Alice, we feel we see how 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 you feel, Hussein. Give us a, give us a window into your soul uh, at this the moment of crisis well, for Britain's talk, dads and uncles. I, I want to talk about my day first of all because I did a very funny tweet, but I had to delete. You did, you did. Um, in which and I you, said you made me feel so much better because I was like, there is nothing I can post that will not <laughs> that will not get people as yeah. mad as me as, as initially. Anything. So when it was very clear when when Keir Starmer was passed for note, and we all sort of established that it wasn't like the cool ass or like pregnant Garfield. <laughs> And that some that some shit had gone down. I did a tweet which was just like, "It's so sad that the Queen won't be here with us to watch uh, to see Avatar: The Way of the Water, uh, which is the sequel to Avatar, not just a film but an immersive experience." Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, this is just like a dumb thing, but it's fine. So many people got mad at me, including like loads of kind of like people from football Twitter. So like. A bunch of Newcastle fans got mad at me. A bunch of like Man City fans got mad at me. Yeah, like it was so, actually very so interesting because yeah, because I was ex- it- I was gonna say I was I was sort of expecting that like columnists and you know like the journalists and stuff would be the ones who would really be like you know doing the whole uh, what you call it like you know it's problematic to be mean about like the monarchy at this time and everything. And again, granted, like some of them are doing that, but. I think for like football Twitter really is like the most, like one of the most sensitive areas of like Twitter.com. So that was like my insight, I guess like now, I don't know, like if it feels kind of weird, uh, uh, we expected an announcement at six o'clock and like I was on the train, like on the way home and I like everyone was sort of glued to their phones, I guess, like waiting for this announcement. We all thought that the guy in the crossrail, like this sort of like had put the tannoy on and was going to announce it. But he, the only thing he said was like, uh, there's a problem at Woolwich. Uh, so so that was a bit of a so that was it's a bit of a, a dead, dead queen on the line. <laughs> queen, the queen's coming through Woolwich. Yeah, he was just uh, like yeah, he was like a, passengers are used to friends with dead queen on the line with like Woolwich. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Except that Tannoy like sound at least was like sort of coherent. We couldn't really understand what was going on. Um, yeah. So yeah, we found out the about official like the official announcement that the Queen died uh, while we were in Sainsbury's uh, today. So um, yeah, that that was my yeah. day. So that's yeah. Where were you on British nine eleven? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was on Twitter as is my want. I saw Keir Starmer be handed the note, and I'm like. Well, that's the rest of my day done. This is a full day commitment. I I, I had shit to do. Now I don't. I'm going to be watching this. And that's exactly what I did. I, I yeah. popped out right before the actual announcement to get two bottles of non-alcoholic Prosecco. And, uh, you know, that. then I came back and I listened to it. And I felt profoundly fucking weird that we have a king now. I don't like it at all. Uh, although we can also say, right, with, um, with uh, uh, some certainty... Right, is that uh, you know, Lyndon LaRouche won. Uh, and, well, he died. Uh, she, she she died on his birthday. Yeah, exactly. Well, that means because he, he, he never went in. It was Lyndon <laughs> Jr. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, you know, the global war on drugs has finally been won. It's over. You yeah, know, the- yeah, that's true. Her trafficking activities <laughs> will now have to cease until they can appoint a new sort of cartel boss. Oh, Charles doesn't have the stones to control the world drug trade. Are you kidding? <laughs> that that. Like like brogue wearing like tree gardener? No way. He doesn't have the he doesn't <laughs> have it the in him. The British in, in royal any, family is a spent force in terms of the global drug trade. In any drug cartel, you need the guy who looks after the plants. You need the botanist, and that was kind of his mm. role for a long time. Uh, you know, he he was going around adjusting all the heat lamps and stuff. And yeah. now, you know, now he's going to have to really kind of sit at the top table. And I don't I don't know how he's gonna how well he's gonna like measure up to it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, let's let's just let's look, we'll look at some of the sort of successions of normalities. Uh, one of the most like bizarre motherfuckers in this country, of course, is hmm. royal uh, royal watchers in general the, the are royal, a coterie the, the, of the weirdos. Fe- the feature, like the the phenomenon of the royal correspondent, 
Um, mm. the, the only people that the royals themselves have ever been justified in hating. I genuinely disgusting, sort of reprehensible, toad-like people, uh, whose only deal is to hang around outside palaces and do pieces to camera about what various drunken ladies in waiting have like gossiped to them about. And so we have the the, the sort of the chief amongst them, Nicholas Witchell, the BBC's royal correspondent. Um, who just sort of, sp he had to fill time, essentially. It was him and Hugh Edwards in this long, long gap between uh, everyone knowing that the Queen was on the way out and the actual announcement, um, which in itself was sort of uncharacteristic. Like, uh, we're going to talk a lot about, I suspect, the, that Guardian long read that, about mm. Operation oh, London yeah. Bridge, um, which is like, in large part about how exquisitely planned the ceremonial of the whole thing is. But instead of exquisitely planned, what we got was Hugh Edwards being sort of like laced into, being like knotted into a black tie, shoved in front of the camera, and having the voice in his ear go, just fucking fill time for, for however long it takes. <laughs> save they, a line, they, Hugh, save a line. They, they must have pulled him out of that room like barely conscious after fucking five, six hours of, well, she is an institution, and saying the same four sentences. And Witchell, Nicholas Witchell, was there with him the whole time, just cheerily speculating, like, oh, well, she she does probably have like a dise diseases that haven't existed since the 18th century. She does have gout. She does have <laughs> like uh, yeah. blacksmith's elbow, certainly. Uh, ba bad case of Fletcher's lobe, all of these things. Um, and of course, we've always known this, but we haven't, you know, mentioned it to to you because yeah. our, it, our role is sort of legitimized gossip. Yeah, well, it's the I mean, the British ro the royal correspondents. It's the same sort of like omerta that governs the rest of the British media, which mm -hmm. is we're the keepers of knowledge that we kind of know when we're allowed to release, but about like just moronic trivia. Yeah, but the thing is, in in any other thing, in any other facet of public life, there is some mutual affection. Like, take for example your your defense policy, right? Like people in the in the Ministry of Defense, people in the intelligence services, right? They they like. Defense correspondents, they like Gordon Carrera, they like, um, uh, I forget the other one, uh, Frank Gardner. D royal correspondents, the royals fucking hate them, and they're right to. And yet, they still end up with all of these, uh, all of these sort of like insider pieces of knowledge because the royal family is surrounded by snitches and sharks. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing that I think that, that Witchell said, which is very funny, and I'm aware this is not the first time he said something like this. Oh, he's been so, he's he because the royal family changes so little, he has to reuse lines. He's been saying this one since 2016. He says, he says uh, regarding the corgis, and of course, they know nothing of her status. <laughs> which is, the cor the cor these dogs have no idea. Fucking the, idiots. The <laughs> these dogs are so fucking stupid. Ungrateful motherfuckers. Um. Yeah. It's just like it's the it's. It, it, I guess what the the British public is expected to be like. Oh, poor dogs. They don't even know that they're next to her match. <laughs> <laughs> um. But also, you know, I mean, this is there's a lot of sort of an amount of um. You might say uh sort of extremely performative uh sorrow mm -hmm. that uh, from like a lot of brands and and columnists and and so on and so on. Yeah, because the idea so, so that, some people, admittedly psychos, but some people will feel real emotional distress at this. And the fact that those people are insane and wrong, that's neither here nor there, but the brands <laughs> have to capitalize on that. And so mm. uh you get the crazy frog going like Funko Pops. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, wrestling promotions I've seen. Yeah, Boohoo. Uh, and, pretty and Pretty Little Thing as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, but, like, there, there's this there's this sense, I think, of, of, um, of, of Britain as... And, I mean, we'll sort of get into this when we talk about that, that old article. I mean, to see how it stacked up on the day. Uh, is the kind of last country where, where we seem to be making a lot of um, incredibly stupid ceremony. Yes. And I feel like she was kind of the guardian of people tolerating that. Yeah, that, that that's true. And also sort of the last run at Britishness. Like, you, you, you see sort of like various attempts historically to mark the end of, of Britain as a sort of a first-rate world power. Uh, you see Churchill's state funeral in that, in that sort of context a lot. But no, this is where it really gets unambiguous. Mm. Once, the, once they put her in the ground, the party is over in terms of the British Empire. And, you know, mm. good. Stay down there. Rot. It deserves to. But, uh, you know, a lot of people will be very sad about this. And we'll get a lot of sort of nostalgic things about, fuck, I don't know, railways or something. 
Yeah, well, there's the. I mean, th- there is this sense, right? The of, war, um, mostly. That's how, like, that's our most unproblematic legacy of that is like the time we defeated fascism because it was German. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and and the um, I think there there's a, also a sense, right? There there seems to be this unspoken, no, I say unspoken, very often spoken, often too spoken. I think, um, uh, sort of almost like repeated, like a Zen Cohen, that oh, the Queen is necessary. Because she is respected by all and apolitical, uh, right? That there, there is this... of which were true, yeah. Um, but were sort of necessary sustaining myths that shielded mm. a, an institution that I fear now will begin to look very silly indeed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I'll, I'll turn to Hussein, right? What's uh, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with I, I agree with everything that like Alice sort of said. Um, I think like it was very evident for a while. I mean, we we spoke about this before, like. When we sort of speculate about well, when it when it comes to the queen, when they when it comes to confirming that the queen is dead, because you know we all know that she's been dead for like a while. Oh, um, yeah. My little pet theory was that like they you know they couldn't they you know the electric bills were so high that they even they couldn't afford to project the hologram anymore. <laughs> uh, so they were like we might as well call it quits. Um, yeah, but we kind of knew that like the country is not going to handle this well, a country that has like been stuck in nostalgia loops for, you know, decades now, but especially in the past few years where it's really sort of like doubled down on it. Um, and yeah, like I also think it's sort of evident that like print, like Charles, the like, King Charles now just doesn't have anywhere sort of near the stature as, you know, the queen. And I don't know, like, I think it's going to get really, like the monarchy is going to get really, really weird um in part because like charles is much more of a kind of well he at least like as a prince he wanted to sort of be like a much more active public figure the spider um, letters uh yeah that too i i mean i i when i sort of think about king charles i just sort of think that like uh what how you know isn't it sort of weird that his like pedophile brother is still like around and like wants <laughs> yeah. a job and like how is that going to get addressed now because like before um, Andrew was just sort of considered to be like, you know, the oafish son who just happened to sort of like, uh, or at least like that's how they were trying to like spin it. I think it's a very different situation now. Like it's a very different situation where like you're the brother compared to when you're just like the oafish son. Yeah. 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 The ki- the King's brother is like, uh, allegedly a nonce is like, right. The kind, that's the kind of, that's the inciting incident yeah. of from hell. I kind of, yeah. Can't... And, and it's also like the sort of the worst time for it to happen because like all the sort of like QAnon adjacent conspiracy theories are all heading basically towards like everything is pedophilia. Um, so you've basically just like, you know, you've got this like sort of ticking time bomb, so to speak of like, you know, when they sort of, uh, when they bring in like the conspiracies around Prince Charles and his connections to like whatever fucking like, uh, you know, uh, global food program or whatever is, you know, part of like the globalist couple. Um, and then they just kind of make that tenuous connection of like, oh, the WEF connected like Prince Charles, you know, his brother also happened to be friends with Jeffrey Epstein. So like, I so I think we're going to whether yeah. it's Charles or whether it's one of his sons, we are going to hear the phrase "woke king" in our lifetime. Yeah, and we when are. When we do, yeah. I am going to fucking kill myself. I think there will be yeah. no other choice for me. I, I guess, like, what I was just trying to say was, like, I think, like, at this point, like, once the sort of like King Charles thing, sort of, you know, we have to kind of engage with it. I don't think that I think that like the palace is going to find it very difficult to sort of contain. Um, or like, or at least to kind of protect him in the same way that they kind of did with the queen. And I definitely don't think that like the press, including the royal press, will be anywhere near as kind of like supportive or sympathetic as they were to the Queen. So I think like it's a very dangerous sort of position to be in. Thinking about this, right? What I what I was saying earlier is that the, the Queen's role basically just seemed to be to anchor many of the institutions of the British state, which are, you know, decrepit and failing and falling apart. Yeah, well, I mean, um, she, she was, she yeah, was the but, fount of all honor, and the fount is, after all, an, an, she was, an inanimate yeah, object. Yeah. She was but, the people's gaffer tape, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but, and, and, and the idea was that just, there is enough goodwill that she just sort of had residually from, well, from like a British, many British people, maybe not many others around the world, we'll get mm-hmm. into that in a little bit, um, to just kind of keep a lot of faith of people. Did she? It's. I think it's the the dividing line, right, between whether you really care about the um, about whether whether the queen puts a shine on stuff she's associated with you or not, is uh, you know, whether or not you remember your experience of the British state as being sort of one where it's more interested in you than just whether it can recruit you to the army or put you in jail. Um, 
and and there is this idea i think that you know that her that she keeps the shine on these institutions that have long since rotted away you know yeah and, and there was this sort of like air of expectation which is you know not something that was solely patrolled by you know the daily mail journalists that are currently searching your tweets to see if they can put them on the front page um but like just this sort of like general sort of ambient sense of decorum as much as popularity that like you're supposed to at least like her you know you're a spoil sport if you don't like her you can be anti-monarchy you can be a republican but like you have to admit that she's done well that kind of thing um mm. and and if you don't then that's that's weird absent that now you know it's it's going to be much stranger as you say Hussein. Mm. yeah and it's it's the um the main kind of advertisement i think for the the these very sort of old august institutions of the british empire uh, abroad of the state is sort of gone right she was the last the last line the last thing connecting um connecting the imaginations yeah. of you know the people who are sort of you know addled mm. enough to like think it really matters which means you know mostly sort of people over 40 um with a sort of a, a positive view of the country, the state, and you can even see it. You can see it in some of the um, the great and the good of the column world, right? Their outpourings of grief are outpourings of grief at the queen that appear to be largely directed at people who are insufficiently grieving. Yeah, like it Me seems Meghan to be Markle, us, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Cameron. Yeah, uh, the, the like the the uh, the Oreo company that still haven't put out a tweet to like, oh, I wish their condolences. <laughs> Um, one thing I was just, yeah, I was going to add to just like that in a little bit to sort of say that the queen has also been very good at like, um, I guess facilitating one of the things that the British media is very good at, which is kind of being in denial about everything. Right. Mm. Um, you know, so as the state is sort of crumbling, like the queen, the queen in particular, not the, like the Royal family. In fact, like, I think a better example of this is also just during the Prince Andrew stuff as well, where like there was this real desperation to kind of like separate like the queen and like the royals and stuff from, you know, uh, the actual kind of royal family. So they were kind of, you know, all that stuff, you know, you remember that too, where it's like, oh, the queen was so distressed about like Andrew and like so stressed out about her and like, you know, the same stuff that happens with like Harry and Meghan and everything. There was like a real concerted effort to basically like insulate her because I think she was so useful in that like project to just sort of be in denial about like basically, you know, the, you know, the decline of the nation. Right. Yeah, um, that, that, and that was yeah. always her strength. It was like no interviews. Uh, right. And statements, speeches, no interviews, no gossip. You could kind uh, of project anything you wanted on her because, you know, she was mm -hmm. like the nation's grandma, right? And now, like, I, you know, no, they're not my words, but kind of like the words that have been used, uh, like in some of the obits. Uh, I don't think that that can happen with Charles. And I, and I wonder what will happen when you have, like, when you're sort of dealing with, like, the head of the royal family and stuff who just, um, you know, who you can't, like, project your, you know, you can't just project denial on. Right, and just simply because, like, he won't work in that way. Yeah, it's 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 if the in the in terms of just like maintaining the legitimacy of a state that is very very quickly deciding it's not interested in maintaining its legitimacy in the realm of not even, keeping you alive. Not even that, right? but it itself is a unitary state. I mean, yeah. if you want to talk about this, this is like. You know, we can talk about the Commonwealth. We can also talk about the uh, the various constituent nations of the United Kingdom, most notably Scotland. Uh, I'm I'm imagining how King Charles is going to go down up here. Probably not that well. Um, and you know, if Scotland does at some point become independent, I think the odds of it becoming a republic that's independent are now considerably higher. Um, Australia's already gone. Canada probably will be at some point too. Like the Commonwealth was like sort of a personal project of hers um and uh you know perhaps not a very sustainable one no and it, like like we say right it's so much of what britain has been in the last uh i think especially 14 but you know increasingly like 40 whatever you want to call it years has relied largely on people remembering it as a pretty important place from yes. the past. Yeah, well, the, both domestically and and abroad. Like uh, domestically, we were perfectly happy to slap a big sort of Great British thing on everything from like M and S sausage rolls all the way up to railways. Um, and at a certain point, that just doesn't work anymore. And I think that point's now. Yeah, absolutely. And without and and I think without this physic without this reminder, this physical reified reminder of 
exactly what of, of that of that importance of that general air of goodwill again not from many people in the world but from the world's powerful and the mo- most privileged mm. right that's that's gone it's gone in terms of um it's gone in as a de- tool of domestic politics uh that you can use to um rally people around the essential sort of coziness of the british state uh to, to sort of tell remind them that oh it's all sort of tea and lovely and the sort of jubbly and and oh remember hugh grant yeah the all that sort kind of, of like stuff. twee picnic table yeah, stuff that's, that's gone like, um, yeah, that's gone. And uh, I, but also, hmm. uh, also abroad, right? This idea of of them, of of Britain as a uh, as, as this, uh, the idea of Britain as as what it was before, like whatever you want to chart its decline, the Second World War, the seventies, the financial crisis, whatever you want to call it, right? That's that that connection's also gone. Mm-hmm. You know, we we t- they tried a different thing with Blairism, but that's still kind of, with, with Cool Britannia, right? But that still certainly relied on the same on that same kind of imagery. That same kind of um, almost like a like a like a very strange gestalt about this uh, yeah. little island. Yeah, and it, it it's born of a sort of I think cowardice and a kind of decline and a kind of uh, malaise that like makes us too afraid to you know develop any kind of mythology of a country that might be better. And that was one of Corbyn's like real crimes was like, hey, imagine uh, a country that doesn't look backwards all the time yeah. and that is slightly different. What if instead of uh, a bunch of sort of very quickly losing its sticking power gaffer tape in the form of this one extremely old woman, hmm. we sort of made people feel as though the state had uh, legitimacy yeah, and, uh, it, 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 and even still, by like other our, means, our best shot at that vitality was also an old man. So like, <laughs> there, there are some there are some sort of material facts here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> this is from that London Bridge article from 2017 in The Guardian, which I've, I've pulled some passages from, right? It says, uh, Andrew, they interview Andrew Roberts, a historian who's sort of of, of these types of things. Mm-hmm. He says, I think there will be a huge and very genuine outpouring of deep emotion. And I, I think that is right. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, the question is, what, what is the emotion for? I think there's a lot of it is anger, the idea that you need to search for, search for traitors, that that the idea of Britain that a lot of people had that was always fake anyway, they're now willing to admit that it's gone because yeah, it was so pinned and, to and this like one person. The, the, the sense of like history happening to you, a moment of historical import. There's, a, there's another line on that Guardian thing that was like, um, you know, people who aren't expecting to cry will cry. Uh, and, I, you know, I, as you may be able to tell, have been sort of an ardent Republican all my life. Uh, and I, I still wasn't 100% sure. Like, I didn't think I would, but I was, like, aware of the possibility of there being sort of a little paradoxical reaction there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, no, certainly I don't think I'll be the only one. Mm. And it, 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 he goes on, right? He says, there will be an urge to stand in the street to see it with your own eyes, referring to the Queen's you know, funeral. Um, sort of procession. Yeah, to re- referring part- to the 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 you know uh, division, the guards division doing coffin flop on the on the royal mouth. <laughs> the cumulative effect will be conservative. <laughs> I suspect the queen's death will intensify patriotic feelings. But again, we when we say will intensify patriotic feelings because I think there's going to be a desperation to reach out and find something. Mm-hmm. Right when, when we're all we we've been sliding down for a while. Yeah, what, and what is the it route we, we were grabbing onto has just come off? Yeah, what is it that we actually do internationally? Like, are, are we going to get up there and say that, like, you know, it, 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 Her Majesty the Queen, she would have been very proud of these deportation flights. <laughs> um, she, she'd have been very proud of this year's Reading Festival. Like, what, what exactly are we going to say is we, we have to be patriotic about? As we mm. fucking starve all of our children <laughs> and freeze all of our pensioners to death. What are we going to say is, like, good about living here yeah i i don't I, and i think that's that's that comes down to a point that you sort of raised while we were talking earlier again and sort of hussein i'd be interested in what you have to say about this as well right mm-hmm. which is that a lot of people under 40 are don't have a lot of a reason to sort of buy into buy into this right yeah i mean again this is like something where like there's not really much to add like other than speculation um and just like going back to the point about like I, I wasn't ever kind of sure how convincing even the idea, like when the argument that is usually advanced or like used to be advanced 
about the value of the monarchy, especially like, and you, you remember this, like during kind of like the kind of Corbyn years and stuff was the idea that like, you know, people around the world respect the queen, not like necessarily the royal family or like the monarchy. They would always kind of say that they respect the queen. And mm-hmm. almost like you just sort of have this like brand, which I guess is like the reason why they were so adamant about like protecting her at all costs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the, the brand is sort of gone, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's, I, I can't, don't really know of a good example, but it's like, what if you replace like chests of a cheetah with like a different kind of cheetah? Like, <laughs> it's not the same thing, no, right? they got Chester too. <laughs> yeah, but what if right? they replace, I, 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 like, no, no, I say it, I've got it. I've got it. What if they replace Chester the cheetah with Chester Bennington? <laughs> what what then? Oh, that's horrible. No, I, oh, it's horrible. Anyway, I, like, I, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. there is going to be such a stark generational divide, though, I think. Yeah, well, I just, like, I don't know, there's not really kind of, you again, like, there's no real sort of, like, appealing qualities about, like, Prince like or King Charles, and I just don't see, like, I don't, I don't see how any kind of, like, marketing or, like, PR could really sort of, like, elevate him to the standard where, like, you are kind of willing to, um, like, kind of hone in on him and sort of ignore the rest of like yeah. this insane dysfunctional family, what? which then kind of brings me to the thing about, well, I wonder whether like this, you know, I, I would, number one, I, I wonder whether like the Royal family sort of recognize this as a problem. Um, and if they do like, you know, will they sort of have to just like really kind of like reform it in quite a significant way, which was like a conversation that was happening not that long ago, right? Where, when they were sort of talking about, well, when she eventually dies, like, we're going to have this problem, which is basically like, we have this extremely unpopular family who demand like a lot of like taxpayer money and support for like them is not as high as support for the queen. So what the fuck are we going to do? And like one of the sort of like solutions that was posited was to basically have like a slim down royal family. We're going to do austerity on the royal family. Like get rid <laughs> it's of- It's royal yeah. family by G4S. <laughs> right. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to yeah. have to make Prince Charles cool. Your majesty, yeah. uh, <laughs> learn all of these floss dances get, immediately. Get, get rid of, yeah, but like, that was the thing, like, they were, like, genuinely, one of the proposals was like, like, you know, you just got to get rid of a bunch of them, right? Yeah, and true. I just, like, Princess Michael yeah. of Kent, what have you done for me lately? This is, and, this is yeah. the Bolshevik solution here, and, you know? Yeah. Pri- guiding Princess Eugenie towards the <laughs> fucking Ipatiev house, you know? And, and, like, in the sort of, like, classic British, like, in the classic British way, um, you know, they just, like, kicked the can down the road, right? Because they were like, well, you know, she's gonna live for like you know another decade so we don't have to like yeah. worry too much about it Pr- prince charles having to go to his cool lessons and be like <laughs> one is a How kung fu hippie s fr- from gangster city doesn't barely looks like an s at all yeah. it's more so, than eight <laughs> i think i i imagine that like probably what's going to happen is is that they're going to try like do marketing for like william and kate and like it might yeah prince, prince charles getting up and being like I'm going to now regale the British with my favorite joke. You see, there are two kinds of black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Day no. one says the word. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I don't know, that would be like, in some ways that would sort of be like a good solution to doing like cool king shit, which is basically like, um, yeah, sort of like, being, I don't know, being like a Trump kind of guy, but like again, we've gone through this so many times. You sort of like you can't, you can't really be taught how to be a Trump kind of guy. It's either you yeah. either have or you don't. And by all sort of estimations, it's very clear that he doesn't. So I don't know. Like I might, my, my kind no of like, sauce at all. Every time I sort of like think about this, I'm just like, well, short of like somehow doing a massive PR operation to make. William and Kate really endearing, which like they have tried before and it hasn't really worked very well. Bold husband. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, just like real, like a- absolute fucking, like just cold blooded people. Yeah, like right. The, but, and, not right, not and, charming. And I can just imagine that, like, they are like, well, if they're not having one now, they'll definitely have one soon. Like, this is a real existential crisis because, like, so much as we've mentioned on this episode and like previous ones, so much of like the Royal family soft power was really rooted in this one woman who I imagine lots of them just really did their best to kind of like make sure that you to, to, to like make sure that she didn't die up, up until she literally had to, which yeah. ironically was when she met Liz Truss. <laughs> she just couldn't take it any longer after that. You yeah, know? yeah. Just- she saw she saw her wearing her day collar to the fucking reception. She was like, "Well, that's it for me." Yeah. 
That, that's it. Yeah, she was like, well... See you, Spice I Cowboy. I finally got to meet Liz Truss. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dream, everything I wanted to do. The dream of any monarch. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, we gotta think, like, let's, let's think back a little bit to, to Empire itself, right? Mm. You know, when, when the Queen was sort of... When the Queen was ruling in the way that she's remembered for ruling well, right? Because she is supposed to be this connection of Britain to the past when it was important. And is this this sort of, by, by her aura, provided this sort of psychic sheen, some kind of gestalt, right? Where, you know, in, in 1952, she, was, she would make a speech from the throne saying, in Malaya, I'm, this is from Hansard, by the way, in Malaya, my forces in the civil administration are carrying out a difficult task <laughs> with patience and determination. In spite of great loss and suffering, all communities are playing an ever more active part in the defense of freedom. Um, and, you know, this is, this was, I, I, and of you know, course, the harmless we're political about. figurehead stuff. You know, don't, yeah. don't, the fact that she's fucking, she was looped in on everything. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the fact that she almost certainly was aware of Operation Legacy, the foreign office. Well, mm. then the colonial officers planned to dump a bunch of incriminating files at sea. Uh, rather than hand them over when countries became independent, all of that stuff, you know, don't don't worry about that too much. Think yeah. about the nice old lady, because it's like, yeah, you were a figurehead. What were you a figurehead for? <laughs> oh, the good things mostly. Um, yeah, you were all oh, the figure, just like oh, the figurehead of the boat that's laden down with cannon is harmless. Well, I guess that <laughs> means the boat also is harmless by the right. transitive property. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's because it, this is also right. Like, what what was the empire for a lot of people? Well. For the wealthy, it was a way to dispose of capital profitably. For, or for a lot of ordinary people, it was sold to them, right? Uh, sold to them by the, the, the press, sold to them by stories, all this kind of stuff through ideology, mm-hmm. as as a source of great this, pride. This, this woman, like uh, as much as she claimed to live her life in service, the actual service she provided was mostly reproducing that ideology. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh come on that I, I said i read that she lived her life in service i don't see any reason to doubt it uh, i'm just talking about some of the services she provided but i think it's when people have she this like very capita. she did a bunch of stuff you know everything you know <laughs> but oh yeah uh, weird how she took apart that gas storage um, <laughs> you know what we ask wait, what happens to the british psyche what's really being severed what's being severed is in many ways it's can it's it's connection to the psychic pleasure of violence done on your behalf. Yeah. You know, from the empire, from the seriousness, from the importance of empire. And you knew it was important because we constantly had to send, you know, guys with increasingly automatic weapons, uh, you know, from, from muskets to, you know, early, mm. early uh, automatic rifles uh, around the world to make sure that everyone stayed under our boot. And you got the thrill of being in the metropole and being uh, and being feeling like the boot was kind of on your foot. You know, and um and I I think there is it's a it this feeling of loss really. Yeah. You know, it's this was the last connection. This was the last serving politician who would have been involved in saying, yes, uh, the the Malayan emergency, go ahead and do what is necessary. And, and she spent the, the, rest of, the rest of her career and the rest of her life, because those things were inseparable, going, yeah, we did this for you, not for us. The fact that I live in a fancy house and you don't, that's neither here nor there. Mm. It was for all of us in the person of me. And it, it, it's about, I think as well, like, you know, that this is, as, as much as, as we like to retcon, you know, this, um, this, this harmless, harmless, apolitical figurehead, you know, it's your your apolit. Okay, well, what's apolitical? What's apolitical is that you know both Labour and Conservative prime ministers thought that you know the the Mao Mao were getting a bit uppity. Uh, that the um the, sure. that Malay but needs also, Malay need to be but pacified. Also, like that. That's even if you're adhering to the conventions of myth, you might choose not to. You might choose to believe that you know all sorts of rare interventions and sort of murmurs to various prime ministers weren't perhaps as rare as the palace liked to pretend they were, uh, and that there were occasionally sort of expectations of governance in defiance of the constitutional settlement we currently have. <laughs> Which is only going to get worse, because now we have mm. the fucking spider memos cunt. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, it's, um, I, I think people like to... It's, in, it's intolerable. Yeah. It's literally intolerable for anything that purports to call itself a state in the 21st century to go, oh yeah, this guy, he, he actually gets to be in the meeting for this, because um, 
because uh, because the blood thing really yeah. like it on it really is on account of the blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, and, and look, like the look, other it's... thing is the blood has kind of like special properties. So like if you if you like hold him down and transfuse a bunch of that blood into you, you still don't get to be in the meeting because it, it like really kind of like it's I don't know it's like uh, the blood's more of a matter. It's the genes you. Uh, you could go to like Prospera and get gene therapy. <laughs> then we could talk, <laughs> right? But, yeah, um, the royal family has like steadfastly refused to ever have any kind of DNA testing. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they're all <laughs> lizard people from outer space. I'm not saying that. That would no, be ridiculous. I'm just so, heavily so, implying it. <laughs> right. So then, you know, we have this. So what? What does this do to? If this was the last thing that we sort of had to hang on to right for the great cognitive dissonance really that is british politics these spectacles that these spectacles that happen at the same time as uh initially gradual and now quite sudden and sharp declines in the standard of living of everyone for whom this place is responsible right like what does that do to the british does that do something do you think to the to the british psyche or does it mostly do something to the columnist psyche and then have an impact on the british psyche indirectly via them oh, it's a, it's a two way street really isn't it mm. uh, we we sort of uh, the queen affects us we affect the queen also a mm-hmm. process of social construction i would say oh indeed yeah social construction in it um, <laughs> getting my cscs card for social construction you know yeah, that's right uh, so like what i mean what do you think hussein you know we've spoken about how columnists tend to sort of like overstate and exaggerate things but i don't know like i think with the death of the queen it's sort of different right like there's definitely like a sense of like unease well at least when i was out like during when everyone sort of knew today that it was going to happen you you know you can obviously like sense this sort of like unease but like more of this unease of like well what like how are we sort of supposed to react and i kind of wonder whether like media types uh your columnists and your royal reports and stuff like people sort of look to them as you know what how you are sort of like allowed to sort of like you know uh yeah how you how you are supposed to like react to this right i don't know i'm looking at like some videos right now and like there there have been you know vigils outside of like buckingham palace and you've got like a bunch of like weird freakos who like are sort of you know all like you know uh alarmingly young but balding and you know in tears uh and like holding candles and like what's in their phones and stuff like that it's kind of like this very sort of weird experience um I don't know, like, cause I, I, when we, we've sort of been waiting for this moment for a while and I think we all knew that it was going to get really weird. And I guess like your columnists and stuff are sort of really the kind of, uh, barometers of like how weird it can get. Right. So, you know, you have like BBC commentators today who are, so, you know, one of them kind of, I was like allegedly to kind of said was like, um, you know, uh, energy bills and stuff are kind of insignificant now because of the death of her majesty. And it's just kind of like. I uh, don't not not quite sure about that one, Chief. Um, also, because like we can only pay to pay attention to one story at a time, right? So like everything else is kind of irrelevant uh, for like the next kind of month. Of um, and uh, and obviously that means that like everything is suspended and like you know uh, everyone's keeping their jobs, no one's getting fired, uh, prices <laughs> are staying the same, inflation's like staying the same. Uh, no, like you know, we, all the vicars are getting back on the bikes. <laughs> we've, hit the, we've hit the big pause button, and Gla- yeah. Glasgow's been fucking weird, to be honest. Like, I would say, uh, having been out a bit today, seven tenths of the people on the street do not seem to give a shit, uh, and then the remaining three sort of split uh, variably between honking their horns a bunch of times and like shouting in jubilation. Or in the Rangers bar, a couple of streets over from me, looking like the fucking last scene of Event Horizon. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's also worth it to bring up to bring up the fact that you know, I'm, it, because we have re- flattened politics into a kind of entertainment media, right? Yeah, into a big um, cube. Because most, yeah, the the big the big ideology cube. Most people, most people's engagement is primarily by consuming entertainment and choosing which entertainment they consume. And, you know, at, at the moment, right, the, the entertainment this applies is... applies uh, to you, the listener, also. <laughs> uh, legally speaking, no, it doesn't. Listening to the show is actually politics. Yeah, it's value <laughs> neutral. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it's that what, what's going to happen, right, is that we are going to have a very large, like, state funeral involving multiple trains. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, people people at- supposedly are expected to throw flowers onto the tracks ahead of the train carrying the Queen's body. I... 
I'm in two minds about this because that feels a it, bit dangerous. It feels it feels dangerous, but it feels so weird. I can't imagine anyone doing it, and yet I know in my heart of hearts there are millions, literally millions, of people in this country who will do that. And mm. I I can't sort of process. I do, this yeah. Thing. Just just as like a caveat to that, this is kind of like the reason, like where I'm kind of. I wasn't sure about like whether people sort of look towards columnists or like you know whether they sort of set the boundaries or like the promises and stuff because I do think that like you know there's a lot of just like pent up anxiety like generally mm. and you sort of need big moments like this to kind of see that kind of come into fruition so I think we're just going to see a lot of weird stuff um, like things that kind of just feel very strange and odd and like they'll kind of be you know they'll be done because of you know the death of the queen and everything and like you know, just the way that I think, you know, you can, you sort of see that online in people's behavior in terms of like trying to police how, you know, Americans like sort of talk about this or how like people other than British God people are like, you know, and just like, you know, just like some British people being like, oh, Americans should really stay out of like all this because, you know, it's a really sad time for British people and everything. I just think we're just going to see a lot of really weird behavior and like a lot yeah. of kind of like, you know, weird kind of like policing and snitching. And it's all kind of like just rooted in these types of feelings that are very, somewhat like difficult to articulate and this is much more of like a channel in which like that can kind of be expressed so yeah i don't know i'm i'm gonna try like keep keep a keep a tally or like keep tabs on like the weirdest stuff uh and maybe we can like you know turn it into content because that's yeah, what we're the, doing the to normal respect the queen of yeah the, of the week i i really not to get too like alexis de Tocqueville here but i really like the americans for one thing only and that is that they do have in general, unless they get really into them on Netflix or like Instagram or whatever, an honest sort of bafflement at the concept of monarchy. Uh, that's that's like the only good thing that their revolution gave them, and you know I applaud them for it. <laughs> um, I mean, like we we can see right. It's it's the other thing I want to highlight is that the spectacle of the big state funeral is happening at the time of two cost of living crises that have uh, overlapped into one another and have essentially um, pushed the uh, to be perfectly honest, quite insane uh, Liz Truss plan to uh, massively invest in what appears to be paying a late fee for British energy without, um, you know, actually buying anything much for ourselves with it. I've sort of just pushed that, I think, out of political consciousness. Yeah, I mean, it would be reprehensible to talk about that now. Um, yeah, of course. And we have to set up for the big sort of spectacle. Uh, of, of this awesome, of uh, you know, the, the biggest state funeral, the one that gets everything while people can't pay for anything. Yeah, of of uh, and and of it reminding everybody of how entrenched the aristocracy actually is, because there are so many like people who are like you know nineteenth dukes or whatever who have various ceremonial roles. You know, it's it's it, 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 yeah, it's think all coming about, like, through the Duke of Norfolk, and it's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know, like what what the fact that this has to come through sort of you know, like like modern aristocrats, all of whom are you know private bankers or you know dead of hedonism, uh, seems to be. This is going to remind a lot of people of the um that that I think that that the state has the power to do a lot, uh, but it won't, not for you anyway. Mm. Um, but I think this is also right. The spectacle of the big state funeral at the same time as two cost of living crises, uh, you know, it's it's part of why the this consent manufacturing machine has to work overtime. It's why people are so obsessed with the hierarchies. Uh, again, not naturally, of course, but we're made to be obsessed with them. Uh, but that where, where we imagine that there is something good bestowed upon us by participating in them, that if we don't participate in these hierarchies, that we will be uh, worse off, that, we, that in, in doffing our cap, we serve not only who we serve, but we serve ourselves by making ourselves servants. Right, that is essentially how the British British hierarchy is ideologically justified, and mm. you know I, I think it's going to just massively turn up at this um, at this display of an outpouring of love for the British nation, as represented by a woman who lives in a gold house that you or your ancestors paid for. You know, um, so I I would like you know briefly to. Um, transition to talking about the the trust energy plan to be honest because like it's it, it's so i think relevant to think about what's happening at the same time as um yeah the, as this the plan, sort of national yeah the plan is great because what it is is a sort of contortion act to avoid anything that smacks of nationalization or even a windfall tax because uh liz has of course ruled that out 
So mm. what we're doing instead is we're gonna we're gonna do some more borrowing, which I know is like a knife in the heart to these sort of like von Mises freaks, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna borrow another hundred billion, I think. Um, hundred and forty, uh, I imagine. Yeah, d- drive drive the energy bills down, and then like very slowly, uh, sort of repay that is the idea. It is it is the finest example. It's like a. I don't know. It, it, it's it's like a very like a professional footballer doing a cross, but for kicking the can down the road. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to know exactly what happened, right? Is we when money was free, we were very very fiscally disciplined. We never bore anything, and we tried to pay down our deficit when it was free. When you couldn't, when when the yields went negative, you know. Uh, and then now that uh, money is no longer free, it's actually pretty expensive. Um, Instead of uh, because we didn't invest when the money was free, um, we now have to borrow to for essentially funding a credit card, <laughs> borrow <laughs> to consume entirely, no investment. Uh, now that money is very expensive, right? <laughs> and you know, for uh, and, and for all, all people saying, "Oh, this won't work." That stupid economics is like, well, no, it it will work for what it's doing, which is you know keeping keeping things ticking over for the shortest amount of a possible amount of time between the next crisis um and also it is it is just exactly what the current sort of um, mode of accumulation we're in is about facilitating it's about the state creating opportunities for capital to just hook itself up to the central bank or to 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 like to basically take money it can borrow as a state you know so i mean this is why i say like the, this is what like fucking Lex Greensill was trying to do, right? Mm. Lex Greensill was trying to do what Trust has now done for the energy companies, for the generators, or more specifically for the private equity firms that o- and, and and investors that own the generators. Of course, um, because that's the most efficient sort of <laughs> organizational structure for those. Yeah, mm. and and per- because what permanent crisis does, right? And the reason you don't invest is because you need permanent crisis. Because in permanent crisis, you have to turn to capital to hook it up to a, a section of the central bank. This is what you do with like voucher privatization of schools in America as well. It's the same thing. It's this is in crisis. We need something to fix it. We can't do it because we won't invest in it. Someone else will have to invest in it and we will pay them to do it. It means you hook yourself up to, to the big money printing machine and you get what is essentially conservative MMT, mm. right? Where you can print, borrow, uh, or, or, or QE yourself out of any crisis. And you just have to assume that, like you know, the intervening animal spirits of the market will make up for it in future growth that you're encouraging by not borrowing to invest, which, as we all know, would discourage future growth. Because, but it's working because that's what we that Western governments have been essentially doing since they finished selling all the copper piping from the walls. Hmm. You know, we hmm. don't have a lot left to privatize. There aren't a lot of council houses. We got rid of British British Rail already. We got rid of the the Royal Mail already. Yeah, what are you doing? You've asset stripped everything. Mm, Uh, Yeah, vibes. Yeah, all all we have left is the ability to create currency, Mm. and so what we are going and so by creating crises, it's a money printer with an army attached to it. And you know, essentially, like this is. It, we we can't avert the crisis because we need the crisis for the accumulation, and it's not even that so, that they they go into work saying, "Well, time to cause a crisis." No, it's because all of these things, right? It is a totally coherent ideological picture of the world to think that you cannot invest in anything because it will de- deter growth, and that when the inevitable crisis of underinvestment comes, because that's essentially what this was—a crisis of underinvestment—you um, can then do the one last thing the state can do to fix the crisis. And you will believe, and you can do that believing the whole way through that what you are doing is essentially efficient, right? This is mm. this does not require anyone to be a sort of secret bad actor, mm. you know. And it's if you want to think of like one of the best examples of this mode of accumulation is Iraq, right? Iraq, there we weren't really there for like we we weren't really there like to do to like take over their their land or anything. They had they had resources, sure, they had oil, but like. America very shortly after became a, like a mega like net oil exporter for a while. Really, what we were doing in Iraq was we were creating opportunities for government contractors to go get money out of the central bank. Mm-hmm. Mm. We were helping yeah. out, yeah, we were helping our homies doing business. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, rare, it's rare that you like find uh, loyal homies these days. So I don't know. It's I true. support that. It's true. Yeah. 
and, and and you know you might ask in this in this moment you know uh, you know beyond sort of uh, doing sort of exaggerated please daily telegraph let us govern cap doffing about the the royal funeral you know where the fuck is labor because you know they were essentially apparently Starmer was in tears so cool. we're just going to be that's doing so that for, that's going to that's definitely going to convince the Daily Mail not to call him like a Britain hating traitor he wanted um, to do the speech where he would say she was the people's gulf. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not very good at doing the accent. I'm sorry, but yeah, Milo's on holiday. Me. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Yeah, I mean the thing. The thing is, Keir Starmer. It's it's been literally hours, and he has yet to change his Twitter profile name from QC to KC, which means he is a, a traitor, um, and a Republican, and a degenerate. You know, and... he 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 now um, QC now refers to he's a QC, but for um, uh, Ramona Didulo, the QAnon queen of Canada, oh, of <laughs> he's yeah, that's, he's now a counsel of her. Uh, no, so it's but yeah, we were like, where was labor? They were saying, yeah, we bills have to be frozen at this level, and it's like, yeah, well, of course they were going to be fucking frozen. You're not, you're not. The whole point of the Tory government is to do just enough to avoid total social collapse, right? So that you can st- so that you can still get everyone profiting from it. You mm-hmm. know, that's basically that's like that's like one nation Toryism of like, well, let's see how many of the kerplunk sticks we can take out. But of, of course they were gonna like they were going to do something. And to say, hey, great, yeah, it's good that they are capping bills. That's going to pro- stop a lot of people from fucking dying. Like pulling teeth, another thing that you also cannot get done in this country on the NHS. But also the fact that it was it was done, um, and again, don't even get stuff like financing through borrowing. Sure, finance shit through borrowing. But there, the fact that there is, that that borrowing is for pure consumption and not inve- not any kind of investment. And you say, oh, well, the UK can't, it's a net gas importer, can't control the energy price. We can control some of the fucking energy. We can certainly control no, 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 some no, of no, it. No, 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 Riley. A state can control those things. A money printer cannot control those things. <laughs> well, I guess we're not a state anymore because we've lost, like, the main thing that sort of held it all together. Yeah, we're right? not even, we're not even a, a kingdom for the moment. We're just a united something. Yeah. We're um, that I mean, united. You, you wanna, if you want to hear this, like, this, is, uh, this is from an, uh, an analyst note from Deutsche Bank on, on, on gilts just now. On gilts? Uh, gilts. Uh, gilts? British uh, government debt. Uh, and then quoting from the note here. A balance of payments funding crisis may sound extreme, but is not unprecedented or unexpected. A combination of aggressive fiscal spending, a severe energy shock, and a slide in sterling ultimately resulted in the UK having to recourse to an IMF loan in the mid-1970s. So, you know, and, and they may make us even less of a, of a money printer with it. They're going to take off like one of the colors from the money printer. Yeah, instead of money prints to go brr, we got money prints to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and so, you know, I, I, I see really like what, what I see is I see that, you know, it's a short it's a short term fix. Uh, and once again, labor has allowed itself to be outflanked on the basis of how it's funded, which I think feels to a lot of people like a technical detail. It's certainly not, right? Like, labor's plan here was much better because it, it didn't involve, because it, it involved basically saying to the uh, oil and gas producers, we're not going to just concentrate all of society's wealth on you. We're going to undo some of that. Um, but which is better than just saying, no, no, it's right and good that you have the wealth concentrated on you. We're just going to facilitate it in a way that doesn't kill half the country. Um, you know, like that, that's an important distinction. Um, but the fact that you, the fact that, you know, labor has basically shied away from, again, putting, you might say, putting so much distinction between itself and the Tories, again, it's depressingly predictable. But once again, none of this matters because, you know, everyone's going to be mad at Elizabeth Truss for uh, Liz Truss for killing the Queen. No, no, everyone's going to be, everyone's going to look like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The entire, co- it's, it's a, everyone in Britain is, you know, all, all work and no play makes Britain a dull country. No, I was doing the freezing joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, at there's a lot of I think in all of Britain will be doing the the Kubrick stare as mm. sort of our our connection to the thing that we thought made us us is now severed. Um and and Kent is going to do the uh the human instrumentality project. It's yeah. I'm I'm like here. waiting for it. I've I've heard like a few cars like honking uh you know uh, uh just just for no reason. I think yeah, it's it's I think like we're, we're going to see the human instrumentality project in Kent and that's going to look like a bunch of Range Rovers on the Dartford uh, on the Dartford uh, crossing, like all honking uh, simultaneously. Maybe we can get the ferries to do donuts again. 
Oh yeah, well, well, because the Dartford Crossing is right by, like you know, the Thames, right? So during yeah. the honk, uh, all the ferries will be doing donuts. Truly, um, we will yeah. stand on the honk and, at that moment. Yeah, and it'll sort of be like a weird inverse of like the 2012 ceremony. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did. Yeah, I think something like the 2012 ceremony will kind of occur. Um, only because even even in those instances of commemoration, we still can't get out of like nostalgia loops. So <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think that's probably about about time for us to call it. Yeah, um, N- nailing down my prediction: God's division coffin flop. Watch yeah. for it; it's gonna happen. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for listening. Thank you very much for being a part of the old TF family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also don't forget there's a Patreon you can subscribe to it it is uh, for five American dollars a month five Finally. cash American dollars if the people have disgusted letters because they're disgusted by us where should they write to? Uh, probably write to so, so it's uh, kier.starmer uh, at polymer.gov.uk <laughs> yeah he tells us what to they, <laughs> people, right. say, people say nobody tells us what to write uh, he tells us what to say. Everything we say, he has told us specifically. He writes all of them. It may sound sort of, you know, loosely improvised around notes. He writes every episode. Oh, he's a real stickler for it. Yeah. Mm. Including the Julia Fox stuff from a few months ago. He was like, <laughs> I thought it was he weird was like, how he puts the like um, Julie Burchill voice directions in like square brackets too. He's mm. like very, very precise about this stuff. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, we will uh, see you on the free, on the, on the bonus episode in a few days. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.